0: and a little bit of paranoia. Welcome to the Iron Am in Podcast. We're back. For those of you that are joining through that little audience link that I shared in Discord, um, you got to hear us talk about all kinds of crazy topics like strip clubs in Pennsylvania, how Mark saw Pink Floyd's The Wall instead of E.T. E. when he was a kid. You know, Good stuff. Maybe this maybe this should be a patron thing where you can join. Well, maybe, maybe it will be. I don't know. That's a thought. Because there was a point where I had that like special sort of backstage thing that I did through Discord so that patrons could see what was going on behind the scenes and nobody really ever used it.
1: Nobody wants to see your friggin' hands. That is what it
0: came down to. It was like a hand cam. Kind of weird. weird. It was kind of weird.
1: There's a very narrow, there's a very narrow group of people that are both Iron Sys Edmund fans and who have a fetish <laughs> for male hands. So I, I, I maybe just they just wanted that... to
0: see the beer I was drinking, Mark. You don't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, we don't have that anymore, but we have this cool little like uh, audience link that I can share from Riverside uh, that gives you kind of the same thing, except it's almost like you're part of our call, except you can't speak. You can chat with us. You can see what we're doing um you can see this like weird cut off version of my video because that's just the way it comes through uh it's the same thing you'll see on the stream but it's cut weird (laughs) so anyway uh is it beta no it's not beta this is just the way riverside is
1: it might be beta i'm not going to try and find the about box because unless unless
0: andy's still talking about strip clubs in pennsylvania those could be beta we were talking about the stupid laws surrounding strip clubs in Pennsylvania. Or at least as they were twenty years ago. Yeah, anyway. Pennsylvania's okay. got some weird ass regulations. Pennsylvania's weird. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Pennsylvania's weird. You can weird. you can buy a gun from a vending machine, but they're really weird when can it comes you? to liquor. And you still can't hunt on Sundays. No, you actually can't, but you can buy a firearm pretty easily.
0: You you really can. You really can. It's kind of scary. And ask
1: is not a noun ask
0: is not a noun was that
1: so don't don't use ask as a noun Andy. is that just in
0: pennsylvania no
1: ask is never a noun the ask was riverside i get it
0: no riverside's not beta and as far as i know nor are the laws in pennsylvania strip clubs are not anyway <laughs> back to why we're here we're here to have a show and we're at the part of the show where we have the announcements and the announcements today contain our usual patreon update so I want to say thank you to the patrons, and as usual, we're going to read the list. If this Yay. list ever gets so long that I can't read it, that'll be a really great thing. Uh, but until then, I'm going to keep reading it on the show. Well, so, then
1: we'll just break the show into three parts, and one of which is just a list will be the read off the
0: Look, I used to listen to a show. In fact, if anybody is a Star Trek fan, you're going to want to listen to this show. It's called Star Trek: The Next Conversation, and it's hilarious. It's these two guys, one of which is a Star Trek fanboy the other of which has never seen, well, before the show started, had never seen an episode of Star Trek ever. And they're watching Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, kind of like we did that episode we were talking about, where, where we MST3K'd it, right? They watch the show together, talk about it, and record the audio, and that's the podcast. Well, at the end of the show, because the show is turned out to be like three hours, because it's an hour episode and all of their commentary and whatnot, plus they have a chat section that rivals our own, <laughs> where you know right. they just go off on all kinds of tangents. But they read all of their patrons in the credits at the end of the show so that if you don't want to listen to it, you don't have to. It takes them 15 minutes to get through just the patrons. That's how popular the show is. It's crazy, but check out the show. It's, it is it is cool. I haven't listened in a while because I don't have that much time to commit to podcasts anymore other than our own. Um, but it's it's a hilarious show. All that I'm to gonna- say... Yeah, we have I'm a much have more modest list of patrons that I'm going to read off right now. Uh, so, thank you to all the patrons. Uh, Fferuru, F F E R A U U. I don't know if that's meant to be pronounced, but that's how it's spelled. Uh, name pending 197. Jeremy, which, by the way, is in our Discord. And he said Discord. He said Discord. That we are, in fact, pronouncing the name properly. That or he doesn't care that we're butchering it. Either way, it's acceptable. So, Jeremy, thank you. Uh, Aaronami, Andrew, Andrew, Tatro, Bruce, Robert, Matt, David, Solemn with a three and a zero, Uh, Trooper-ish, Linux is 666, Gimpy B, Mark with a K, uh, The Mentor, John the Nice Guy, Mark with a C, Julius, Andy, Jay, Charles, and your friend, Mark. Do you remember the numbers?
1: I'm not looking at
0: the script, but I know it's two, 22532. Good so old two, two, five, three, two. So thank you to all of you. I don't care how much you're giving us; you are patrons, and that is awesome. Thank you. Very I want to get
1: two. I want to get two on the show one of these days. If two, if you're listening, reach out to us. We'd I wish like I knew to... how to
0: reach two, but yeah, that's a great offer. Have you been listening since the beginning? And if so, we want to hear. <laughs> All right, uh, if you want to support the show via Patreon, you can do so. Patreon.com slash IronSysAdmin. If you would rather uh, purchase something to support the show, you can do that on Teespring. Teespring.com slash stores slash Um Yeah. Oh, and as I mentioned on our last show, if you join the Patreon at the Iron Sysadmin tier, after three months, you should get a shirt. At least that's what Patreon promises me. I still don't know how the mechanics of all this works. So, any of you that are Iron admin tier and hit three months from two weeks ago, and do not get a shirt or something weird happens at three months, please let me know. It's supposed to work, um, and that's a thing that I hope works properly. Mark is one of those people. <laughs> and if, if a if a if a stripper instead of a shirt
1: shows up to your house, we call that we call that a happy accident.
0: If a stripper that doesn't show you any of the important bits shows up, she's obviously from Pennsylvania. But she'll
1: be wearing your Iron Cezanne t-shirt and then Perhaps. remove it, to give it to you.
0: Wow. This, we've gone way off the rails today. I'm so. just trying to give the, the, the live audience who weren't in the, in the green room <laughs> a, a chance to Now they're like, taste. what in the hell were they talking about? <laughs> All right. Um, oh, right. And we've talked quite a bit about Riverside tonight. If you want to try out Riverside and want to support the show, take me
1: down to the Riverside. Riverside,
0: You can live in your van down by the the river and maybe record a podcast while you're there. There's a link in the show notes uh, that's like an affiliate link where you can go and subscribe to Riverside and we get a little bit of a kickback out of that. Unfortunately, you don't get a discount, but we get money. So go do that. Daddy, I don't want to be van people. (laughs) What is that from a movie that I don't know too? (sighs) Oh, <sighs>
1: no, I there was uh, I forget what the TV show was where they were going to be van people. It might have been the Goldbergs. But yeah, it was funny.
0: Yeah, that's funny.
1: I just I tend to like I tend to take do mashups in my head of things I've seen in popular media. And then just they come at it at inappropriate. Well, sometimes inappropriate times. I haven't
0: noticed, Mark. Oh, well, that's... You keep it under control so well. <laughs> All right. All right. Anyway. All right. So we've moved past the announcements. Oh, and apparently B-Sides Delaware is coming up, but Jason's not here to talk about it, but it's coming in November. The middle of November? The Was it the 11th and 12th? I'm going to be in Disney, or else
1: I was seriously considering doing a talk.
0: Yeah, cool.
1: I know, big words for someone who's not going to be doing a talk.
0: What's wrong with you? Like, just do your talk from Disney. It's fine. No, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. I know. Even if you thought it was going to happen, it's not going to happen. Even if you're like, totally, I can do that. You're not. It's not going to happen. Andy's asking where in Delaware. Is is it going to be
1: virtual only, or will there be an actual physical gathering?
0: Uh, It's virtual only this year. I think they're supposed to be back to physical next year, but that's probably what they said last year, so.
1: Yeah, well, we assumed that people wouldn't be idiots and would actually, like, take steps to end the pandemic, and that clearly didn't happen. But
0: we're not going there. Yeah, I mean, I've got feelings on that, but this is not that sort of show. <laughs> yeah, good thing. <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, and that's the announcements. Now we can move along into chat. Move along. Move along. Move along, move along, move along. So I'm working on building Raspberry Pi-based uh, desktops for the kids. I thought this would be fun. Is I have it? One. It's like right on my desk right now. It's it's still plugged into stuff. Otherwise, I would show it to you guys. But it's a Raspberry Pi. You guys know what Raspberry Pis look like. I bought two Raspberry Pi for, uh, so they eight, showed up. eight gig models. Right. And they, they took forever to come. I honestly think it's because Kanakit screwed up the order. And then when I wrote them, they were like, oh, crap, because they shipped the next day.
1: Now yeah, you got me wondering how much RAM do I have in my Pi that's running my arcade? Because that's a Pi four. Yeah,
0: well, these are eight gig Pies. Uh the... this,
1: this this looks like it's a it's looks like it's uh it's it's a four gigger.
0: Yeah. So my my goal here was I want the kids to have a normal like general computing experience, like I had when I was a kid. No, not quite like I had when I was a kid, but. What the, the devices they have now are things you know like tablets and phones and whatnot, right? And those things um, – I thought one was about to bust through the door. Uh, and those things are a very limited computing environment, right? You do the things that oh, they're yeah. designed to do. You can't do things that they are yeah. not designed to do unless you go and through and, like, root your Android tablet. And even then, it's still limited, right? Yes, you have yeah. more access than the average person, but you don't have all the stuff. Yeah, so, just because
1: you installed an app on your smartphone doesn't make you a technical person.
0: Right. Right, so um, my thought was I would just put Raspbian on them with the mm-hmm. the desktop UI and go. Uh, it turns out that there's so many there's there's lots of options, right? And Raspbian is, is great, but the UI leaves a little bit to be desired because it's a very stripped down UI because it's a you know it's a Raspberry Pi. They don't have a ton of horsepower. So today I tried uh, the Ubuntu build for Raspberry Pi which looked like your standard Ubuntu desktop, which would have been perfect, but it was kind of glitchy. It it didn't, you know, I'd I'd try to launch an app and it would freeze and it did all kinds of weird stuff. So I ended up back on Raspbian. So that's that. That's about as far as I've gotten so far. I've really just like unboxed these things and started setting them up. But uh, yeah, so they're uh, in progress, right? The goal is to have them print their own cases on the 3D printer so that they have a little bit of customization to them. I'm going to have them help me do stuff like uh, put the heat sinks on the chips and put the cases together and, you know, have it be a little bit of a learning experience. Sort of show them what the different components of a computer are, even though it's this little all-in-one machine. You know, mm-hmm. give and make a little bit of learning experience for them. I think it's going to be fun. I hope it's going to be fun.
1: <laughs> Kira's 3D printer, huh?
0: Yeah, curious. Well, th- this is this is absolutely a thing that we're printing for the kids, right? So, and we still have the cat armor that I printed for them. I don't know if I ever showed Andy, that to you guys all, but
1: Andy says creepy doll pie cases. So, <laughs> and and for those of you who haven't seen it yet, you know I always have to show my dragon pie case. The, yeah. This 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 actually got field action it over did. the weekend.
0: It did. Yeah. Neither of us included that in the uh, in our chat today. We had the DEFCON six one zero. Pub crawl last this past weekend, and that was. Andy it was saying, fun. "Hold still." I don't know. Hold still. How long am I supposed to hold still? He's taking a screenshot right now. Yeah. Hold still, this so it is, focuses. Uh, he says, "This said. is there getting
1: you know. uncomfortable." <laughs> okay. So, I could have sent you a regular picture of that dude. Like super,
0: super last minute, I put together my ghost for uh the DEFCON six one zero. Uh, pub crawl inside of it is a raspberry pi zero that's literally just dangling just dangling like a like an organ <laughs> but yeah uh. i uh i found this ghost on thingiverse and i just cut a rectangle out of it in um what's that Tinkercad. and Tinkercad, then, yeah and then i actually ran out of pla while he was printing because he's supposed to have the top of his head but it ran out
1: <laughs> right oh, above yeah, his right. eyes
0: so I'm like, maybe that's how he died. I'm like, whatever. I'll print a little hat and I'll stick the hat on top. So, Working as intended. So that's how he's got a hat.
1: <laughs> yeah, Defcon six one zero. I was super amped about that pub crawl and not enough people showed up. Yeah, it that turned out was that was a bit of a bummer. Basically,
0: just the folks who built flags showed up and that was really a bummer. We had, I think, what was it, two people or one person? No, t- technically two people and one of those was an admin. Uh, That showed up that didn't build flags. We still had fun, though. We ate a lot of really tasty restaurants in Easton. I got to have lunch at Porter's, which I haven't since I left the college. Um, Not that I couldn't. I could always drive to Easton and get lunch at Porter's, I suppose. But that would be a heck of a drive for lunch. That's that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, it was a fun time anyway. So anyway, that's uh, Raspberry Pis. The other thing I wanted to talk about, and this is super random... um, my wife got one of these discount cards to try out HelloFresh. Have you, you heard of, of HelloFresh? It's the one that
1: sends all the ingredients?
0: Yeah, they basically send you all the stuff you need to make a meal and the recipe on how to make it. We're and, not accidentally but, doing a paid promotion right now, are we? No, no, it isn't. And okay. to be honest, that's is the first that thing I thought of.
1: This had been brought to you by HelloFresh. That's
0: the first thing I thought of when I thought about talking about this. But this is absolutely not a paid promotion. This is just we're trying out HelloFresh, and it's actually really good. The food has been like amazingly tasty and uh i don't know about like mark i I know you like food that's not that's not a slight i just know that you like to enjoy food right yeah (laughs) so and so do i but i i like to cook things right but sometimes like looking up a recipe and going to the store to find all the stuff i remember this one time we wanted to make a thing that needed an ingredient, it was like white pepper or something, we could not find it anywhere. We went to like six different stores trying to find white pepper. Realistically, we probably could have just went with some other kind of pepper, but the recipe called for this white pepper. And uh, we did finally find it and made the thing, and it was really tasty. But, but yeah, anyway, uh, they send you all the ingredients and the recipe, so you get to not only cook a tasty meal together but you get a recipe card that you could then make it yourself later if you don't mind going out and finding all so, the ingredients. Le-
1: let me ask you something. Go ahead. Do they send you literally all of the ingredients, or they, do they assume you have shit in your
0: kitchen already? That there, there are a handful of things they assume that you have, things like salt and pepper, olive oil, like stuff like that. Yeah. Otherwise, they send you everything.
1: Yeah, I, I you can't assume that I always have... Like, we we generally have salt. Most of the time, we have olive oil. Don't always have pepper. But, yeah. Yeah, well... Weird. I mean, it's easy enough to rectify. Well, the I other thought, thing is, if,
0: if you don't have pepper, it assumes probably that you don't like pepper, and maybe you wouldn't add it to the recipe. You have that freedom. Right? My
1: wife doesn't like spiciness, so that's probably accurate. Yeah, so you could probably so, leave the pepper out if like it's a thing you don't like. So... I've thought about giving them a spin because God knows my wife and I order out a lot. Yeah. So what's the costing and how complicated are the recipes? I've heard mixed things about how complicated the recipes actually
0: are. I'll say that I thought the price per meal was like without the discount card. I thought it was a little high. Now, it could just me be being a cheapskate. So, talk to real numbers. I don't have the numbers because my wife has been buying them out of the grocery budget, That's, which is basically okay. money that I take out of my paycheck and give to her and say, do whatever grocery stuff needs to be done. So, she's been... Plus, she has these things that make them like... It's like a gift card almost, right? So, that we're still trying it out, almost free. She pays a little bit, right? So, I don't, I don't yeah, know what the prices are. Okay. But... um. The recipes, like tonight, we had shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie is not a very complicated meal. It's like it's meat and it's vegetables and it's potatoes cooked in a way that makes shepherd's pie. (laughs) Right. It wasn't complicated. Uh, We've had other meals that they feel a little they felt a little involved. But at the end, they were delicious. Right. And again, I kind of like cooking. I just don't like some of the work that has to go into getting all the ingredients and stuff, stuff you don't commonly have around the house. And this, this solves for that. Right. So, you know, all right. It may not be for everybody, but I've been enjoying it. And I just thought since whatever we talk about all kinds of random crap on this show, I would talk about it. Tonight. No, that's
1: fine. And it, like, so we, during the pandemic, we've, we've door dashed a lot. Yeah. I also at one point was getting, uh, that, that, uh, oh, Misfit that market Misfit stuff markets. delivered. Yeah. But they screwed up a couple of boxes in a row, so I put them in, in, in the corner. Yeah. Uh, in fact, in November, they might come back up, but I might talk to her and see if we wanna, cause, yeah, I've seen that you can get like a trial run of the Hollow Fresh stuff. You yeah. might even have a referral code or something, uh, because if, you're, if we new... do,
0: I'll give you the referral. Code. Yeah. I don't even, yeah, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs>
1: I think I read somewhere that it maths out to about maybe eight bucks per person per meal, which Wait. some people would be like, oh, that's terrible. But that's significantly cheap when I look at some of the DoorDash bills.
0: Um, yeah, it's, we're that's, paying a lot. That's McDonald's. Like, that's how much it costs you to get yeah. a normal sized and- meal at McDonald's. And it's and my so only much other, other for child, you. yeah. my My one daughter is gluten
1: free, so that complicates matters. I think I looked at when I was poking at it, they don't, they don't necessarily do gluten free as, as a specialty.
0: I know that in the recipes, as you're following them, it tells you when you're putting in an ingredient that contains wheat. It doesn't specifically say gluten.
1: No, that but that's good. That's pretty much good enough. Right. So, soy.
0: but that doesn't help you if you've already bought it, right? So you're gonna to want to know that ahead of time. And I would. Well, um,
1: and and that's the kind of thing where like we'd have to split it into like a you know, two of two of the servings are this way. Yeah. And her serving, we try to prepare it. But well, that's a pain in the ass too. Yeah. Uh, do they have a green egg menu? Boy, that would be. That would be amazing.
0: Green egg menu?
1: Yeah, at HelloFresh, like something to cook on the big green egg. That oh, that you just, just you I buy a it. hunk you buy a hunk of meat. You buy a hunk of meat, you it. put
0: it on the big green egg. And yeah, the,
1: the egg is simple as anything. Yeah. I mean that's just that's impossible to screw up.
0: Well, with with all the cool technology you have attached to yours, it's impossible to screw
1: it's up. It's virtually impossible to screw up even if you go old school, just okay. because ceramic ceramic smokers are so forgiving. Okay. But, yeah. With the tech, it's virtually – yeah, the tech, I agree. It just makes it fire and forget. Cool.
0: So, yeah, that's what I got going on. And that shepherd's pie was so delicious. Like, I still feel like I'm going to fall asleep right now from the shepherd's pie that I ate. Yeah, uh, shepherd's pie. was. one uh, of those meals. <laughs> so, what do you got going on, Mark? So, after
1: spending the time building the capture the flag challenges mm-hmm. for, for DC 610 – um, I'm sure, I'm sort of on this little kick and we did the capture the flag, uh, at, at Red Hat. If you, if you listen to the last show, yep. I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to the listeners. You'll, you'll, we talked all about that. I, I sort of am, I've got this idea that I want to build a capture the flag lab, host it on this guy over here, but that would be accessible across the internet for like my son and his buddies at Stevens or anybody, um to do to do like some CTF type stuff. Because mm-hmm. my son my son actually is now um two of his roommates are comp sci. He's pivoting to pure math, which means that at some point he'll probably he'll be doing more comp stuff anyway. And he, he's a bit of a nerd himself. Mm-hmm. I still want to have him on here and talk about uh ROM hacking, some of the shit he's been doing with that. But um all that to say um I'd like to be able to run like a CTF game for mm-hmm. his his Linux group there one night. They they meet on Wednesdays, funny enough, much like DC 610. Right. But I don't necessarily want to have to drive to Hoboken to 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 bring the dragon nor do I want to necessarily ship the dragon to Hoboken. I want to be able to do something that they can that they can access remotely. And um one thing that's really kind of cool is I found this this utility called shell in a box uh, where you can actually set up a a, uh, a web-based terminal that gives you SSH access so I've set up a VM called CTF jump that runs this that runs this shell in a box and when I and when I when I accept connections on my router, from port 4200, you go to that address and the web browser pops up and it auto-logs you into the CTF jump post as the CTF user. And then the CTF jump post has the connection to the outside network, my .50 network through my router, and then I have a 192.168.42 network set up just for, for the CTF stuff. And now I've got to, like, play some games with firewall rules and stuff to make sure that if I enable this rule and people jump in, especially if they're not people that are necessarily part of the challenge, if someone just discovers that open port, that they can't play nasty games on my internal
0: network. Yeah, definitely. It's something you want to, have to make sure is isolated. Yeah. But, I mean, again, like, these are kids you can arguably trust because they're yeah. not random people. Right. But like, you it, know, imagine the challenges that folks like Hack the Box have to deal with, with, like, literal hackers <laughs> that, that yeah. are coming in for the purpose of trying to break stuff,
1: right? And and some of this stuff I might be punching above my weight class with some of it, but, like, much in the way that the, the challenge kind of made me sharpen my Docker skills, my container skills, mm-hmm. this is like... I've sometimes struggled with some of the networking concepts. So this is kind of forcing me to forcing me to get good GUD. Yeah, and right, hopefully I, right. Hopefully I won't just have a giant smoking security hole because I forget something.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, this is part of why people run home labs, right? Like you can run the bare minimal home lab that you don't really tighten with any kind of security, and it's probably going to be fine. And then you could run a real home lab where you've got it isolated in different VLANs, and you've got a build network, and you've got like all kinds of insanity, right?
1: Yeah, I haven't gone that crazy. Right.
0: Well, I'm just saying, right? So this is this is a it's the same concept, right? You if you force yourself to do those things to make your home lab, then you're sharper on those things when you need to do it in real life yeah. for real reasons, not just yeah. because I wanted my home lab to be isolated and VLANs. So.
1: What I'm essentially doing is i is i'm just i created a separate uh bridge in here for the dot forty two network and it's completely it's just a network shared between well right now the jump machine and then the c t f host I could attach more vms to it but my goal was to basically use the the c t f host in there and then run containers on it and then you know give the containers either their own ports. Or their own IP addresses, right, right. One thing that now, now this is going to force me to to finagle a few things. I can do that easily with Docker. Podman's a little pissier about assigning IPs to containers. I've never there, tried it, but yes, there's, <laughs> I've I've started to do a little research on that, and yeah. it, it's it it it's doable but it requires a little more finesse than Docker.
0: Well, so Podman runs rootless, and that's right there is going to yeah. be a, a struggle, right? Um, you may be able to do it with a pod. You assign an IP to a pod, and then you put your yeah. your container inside of a pod. But I don't know. I haven't tried it. I know networking yeah. in pods works differently than networking in Docker does. Right? right,
1: and and so what I would end up doing probably is I would have to have one pod per IP address. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. And, and, a, and a pod is, is one or more containers. Right. Basically, right. So basically, normally, this is going to make me get better.
0: Yeah. Normally, a pod would be like I've got a web app and a database. So they go in a pod together because they have to talk to each other. But then the other containers can't talk to that pod. Right. So my database is safer because the web application, which I've exposed on port 80 and 443, can talk to the database. But the database can't be reached from anything outside of the pod. Right. So it's it's another layer yeah. of security, almost like a firewall.
1: Ogres have layers. Ogres have uh, layers. I just I got to kind of wrap my head around how all this shit works. Right. And then then I just got to set some firewalling. I think on the CTF jump post, I've just got to make sure that you can't you can uh do any outbound connections to the to 192.168.50 except for ports probably 80 and ports 4200, because I'm going to be running a web server. I'll so I'll probably expose the web server and then port 4200.
0: What you could do, and you I don't and want I can—I don't sorry. want people
1: to be able to SSH into the 5o network. Anyway.
0: Yeah, I was going to say you, you and I can talk about this offline if you want to. But what you can also do is your 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 virtualization host is essentially a libvirt host, right? It's a rail box with libvirt. Yeah. You uh, you just run a virtual network there that is not natted, and then you connect that to your jump host, and you also connect whatever IP people are connecting to your jump host with, and then you basically firewall off the quote unquote public IP or the IP they connected with, so that it can't reach anything other than well it can't reach anything period, and then the private network is how they access your flags. And that's
1: what they're going to do, but I just, I figured I'd have to, the that, that machine
0: still needs to be able to,
1: whatever, we'll talk later. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I did stuff like this when I was running that web host in the basement, because I basically okay. had a virtualization host, which ran a router, which was basically a Linux box with a TCP IP stack, right, as a Linux box would have. And then I ran another one that was just, just an IP tables host that it was my firewall, right? And then all of my web hosts were behind it, right? So all my routing and stuff and everything was internal to this one little hypervisor, which of course is a nightmare when it, when you talk about single point of failure because literally all of my infrastructure was virtual on one machine. <laughs> right, but for a lab situation, For it's a lab, fine. it's fine, right? All There's right, a reason so... I don't run a web host anymore because uh, like that stuff kept me up at night because I couldn't afford real infrastructure, so that was the way I did it.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about that. So that 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 thank you. The other um the other thing you and I need to talk about this because we have 4 weeks left for the uh oh, right. expedition. Yep. One of the more challenging achievements in the expedition is to collect 16 whispering eggs. I I hope oh. you're collecting your nanites cuz you need to you need to collect 4000 of them.
0: Okay. I'm actually um, close to and- that, I think. Because good
1: and some people have set up have set up uh, these farms where you can get the mold and the mold processes five mold turn into one nanite in a no refiner. It's,
0: it's actually uh, you could argue there's an easier way I guess that's a pretty easy way but if you go to a planet and scan all of the life forms that's you a get wonderful nanites way. for that
1: right and if you find every single animal you get bonus nanites. Right. And if you go to the anomaly and talk to the dudes, Helios and the other guy, they'll give you nanites based on your achievements. Yeah, well, I
0: I went to one planet that had like I don't know six unique life forms, and I got fifteen hundred nanites for scanning them all. Yeah, I'm there on a you planet go. now that if I find one more creature, one more, I'll get thirty five hundred out of it, and then all giant. right, so you're golden. <laughs> yeah, so. In the last expedition, it's like Pokemon. You know, I'm hunting. It is. Got to catch That's them all. That's
1: right. Got to scan them all. Anyway, so the last expedition, we needed these 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 larval cores as well. We don't need the, we don't need the eggs. We need the larval cores that that are inside the eggs. Right. And some and somebody had built this base around one of the abandoned structures where they put, like, round rooms right on top where the eggs were and then quarters and stuff. (laughs) Because one of the things that will happen is the Whispering Horrors, if you've got rooms, if you've got the rooms built up and they spawn, they don't necessarily pop inside of the room. They may pop outside. But then they can't hit you, and you're just jollily collecting the the
0: things. Oh, that's handy. And also,
1: if they do spawn in the room, they can't knock you, because they can
0: knock you through the air quite a distance. Yes, Although I got an achievement for that. That one where you had to be... That in is the how you got that one. I remember <laughs> I that. I got one. that achievement. I'm like, what? Why am I... Oh, look, I got an achievement. Jetpack. I did, don't want to die. I,
1: I did the technique where you built basically a climbing wall and just bounced a climbing okay. silo almost. <laughs> and you just wall bounced between two walls. And, That's funny. And you were able to... Yeah. Um. But yeah, so so we need to collect these larval these larval cores, and I've collected one so far. So I think what I'm going to do they is, were a pain is in I, the butt. Yeah. Now we got to get so many more of them. I think we needed like you, one or
0: two the last time.
1: Yeah, we needed five because you needed them to fix the hyperdrive. That's right. And you you got yours the hard way. Yeah. Um, I
0: the the
1: the, the And we only each I,
0: died once doing it. <laughs> or yeah. I died. So, you didn't die.
1: So Whatever. I'm on. I got to the third rendezvous, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to find an abandoned building that's got the eggs and clusters around it, and okay. that's where I'm going to slap. I'm going to slap a base there okay. and build my build my own farm for that. Because looking at all the other milestones, they all look pretty straightforward. They are. They don't look. They don't look. Pre- they don't look especially tedious.
0: They are. And it again, is-
1: we've got we got a month to finish this one, so there's not a chance we're not. Yeah,
0: I played it a little bit last night or the night before. Was it last night? It was last night. Well, you and I played the night before. I played for like an hour yeah. last night. Yeah.
1: I was on last night, probably earlier than you, and yeah. then I, I might have fired it up during lunch today for a little bit.
0: Never. I did. See, I went for a walk over lunch. You were playing No Man's Sky.
1: I had a very busy meeting day, and I don't blame you. Yeah, I didn't get a Thursday, wa- I, walk in. Thursday,
0: I'm I'm going to con- conduct a very unofficial Iron Cistern poll. How many people feel that Thursdays are too meeting heavy? I feel like Thursday is the day everyone picks for meetings. I don't know why.
1: Today today was unusual. I had a a lot of one-offs today.
0: Okay. When I was at the college, Thursday was always the day everyone picked for meetings. Now that I'm at Red Hat, Thursday seems to be the day meetings always land on. And it actually came up in a meeting I was in today. and And somebody said that they think it's because nobody wants a meeting on Friday. So they put them on thursdays
1: mm, no nobody does want a meeting on friday
0: yeah yeah <sighs> so i'm curious if anybody's out there um feels like thursday is a terrible meeting day or that it ends up being a meeting pack day i want to hear from you i'm curious
1: i need to get better about just not attending meetings that i don't feel like attending i talk a big game but i'm not very good at hitting no
0: yeah another feeling i usually only say no if there's a conflict or if it's a complete have, waste of time, like, you know, have, have you, you, ever, you know, the meetings I'm talking about, the ones we all get invited to.
1: Have you ever created a conflict intentionally? Like the meeting request comes in, and you're like, yeah, I'm not going to this. And then you make a fake meeting. You make like, a meeting yeah, that a
0: says, talking about the blah, blah, blah with so and so. Well,
1: I don't, <laughs> I don't expose my calendar data. Mm. I just, it, people just see free busy.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway. I feel like Andy feels seen now. Thursdays. <laughs> you mean that's your new strategy? Because you said that is my need strategy. Yeah, typing is hard. Maybe he's drinking just like we are. I'm actually a bit of an asshole. You, 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 you know, you, you thought I was this great guy as your Tam, but quite frankly,
0: from a business perspective, I can be a bit of a jerk. He came from New Jersey. New Jersey people, that's just the way they are. (laughs) Oh, he knew that. Oh, he knew that. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right, I think we finished chat, unless you want to talk more about No Man's Sky.
1: No, I'd like us to actually get, I'd like us to have enough time to do the news. Wait, uh, what? No. To do the news properly. We're only at
0: 37 minutes for this half.
1: Oh, okay, that's great. But, you know, anyway, all right. We're going to go into the news. All right. One more thing to say? No, 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 hit the button.
0: <laughs> so, in usual Iron Sisabin fashion, I haven't opened the tabs with the news articles in them yet. So, let me do that quick. There we go. And since I brought all the news, you'd think I would not have to open them and I would just know them. But I gotta be honest. This, this this show came together kind of last minute, and uh, the news is uh, the same deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our first news article comes from The Verge, and it's, uh, you know, sort of par for the course. Windows 11, you may have heard of it. It's this thing that Microsoft said they weren't going to release yeah. because Windows 10 was going to be the last release of Windows. But here it is because Microsoft can't resist, I suppose. Um, I haven't really followed much about the release of Windows 11. Uh, We talked about the beta, I think, a month or two ago on this show. Did we? I thought we did. Maybe that might have been the show you missed. Might have been me and Jason talking about it. But anyway, the the things like rounded corners on Windows are now part of Windows 11. That sounds super familiar. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, you may have heard me making fun of it because I think it's a stupid feature rounded corners dude, on a window you're
1: the guy who puts up the news articles about when android gets a new emoticon so i'd be real careful there you're right you're right
0: <laughs> but anyway um well i just think that rounded corners on windows is silly because if i put two windows next to each other there shouldn't be like this weird little gap at the corner dude
1: you know? i i am on just team want to i'm on team want to stack them cleanly
0: too yeah i hear right. you So anyway, and like that's obviously has very little bearing on the functionality of your operating system. I just think it's a silly thing to do. It's part of, but
1: Um, no, dude, I, I can't tell you how many hours I whiled away on the Macintosh, just see like making the selection rectangle and seeing how it interacted
0: with things. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I remember when Windows ninety five came out, and they had they finally had the selection rectangle that Windows three one did not, but Mac OS had had for, well, pretty much as long as I could remember, because the first Mac I used was like in the mid nineties. Um, yeah, I I remember thinking how it was funny they copied that from Macintosh, but who knows? Like I don't know where that where the where the origin of the selection rectangle well, thought- was, but. Windows 3 didn't have it? No, three Windows 3 did not have it. I thought, it, I thought it had
1: it inside a window. I thought it had it inside of, like, icon windows. Hmm, interesting.
0: I don't think so. Well, I mean, you couldn't, no, you could move icons. But, yeah, I don't think they had a selection rectangle. Because I remember that being new in Windows 95. Because a, a friend of mine who, ironically now, is he loves Macs, at the time was like a hardcore Mac suck person. And when he saw Windows 95, the first thing he did, or one of the first things he did, was clicked and drug on the desktop and saw the selection rectangle and said, no, it's too much like Mac, and went back to Windows 3.1. That
1: makes all the rational sense in the world. Well,
0: uh, he was also like 15 at the time, right? So
1: I just, it's so cringe remembering some of the Mac
0: versus Windows stuff from Mm -hmm. those days. So cringe. Mm -hmm. I can remember being in arguments about those things, so, you know, I'm sure you were too. I remember Usenet
1: people arguing about it became Linux versus Windows. but Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. So, so anyway. So Windows 11. Steve Ballmer's fault. Um, so anyway, Windows 11, uh, the article is that Microsoft is starting to roll out Windows 11 to more PCs. Now, I didn't even know that Windows 11 was a free upgrade. <laughs> so. <laughs> but apparently it is. <laughs> so I actually,
1: let's see here my my system does not according to the according to the Windows update tool yeah my system doesn't meet the requirements that's funny. for for Windows 11
0: this is like a running joke there's a lot of people that are in the same boat as you that they don't meet the Windows 11 requirements and they're like what how is that possible My machine is no slouch and it's because of stupid things like the the version of your TPM module so, so that is one of them. Yeah. But the other
1: thing is, um, it uh, it um, says my processor isn't supported, and I've got like, what do I? It's funny when you actually, when you actually check the uh, the uh, when you actually check the processors on the list at Microsoft that are supported, it's huge. It goes back a, a, an incredible amount of time, and I've got it. I've got a an i seven seventy seven hundred, you know, four point two gigahertz, uh, four core. Like this, 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 this thing's not a piece of shit. Yeah. I don't
0: even know where so, to check this. This is in the Windows Update settings.
1: If you go to Windows Update, there's part of it. Part of it might have already done a little sniff tech ta- sniff check. Yeah. And and will tell you whether or not it's compatible. And then you can download this tool from Microsoft to do a a a health check to see why you're not, you know, chosen.
0: It's funny. My system says it's up to date as of today at 7, but yet there's updates available. It's weird. That is no, weird. it doesn't say anything about Windows 11 in mine. Really? Have to, I'll have to look into how to make that check. Interesting. So I... uh I'm not
1: sure if I would, I'm not sure how I feel about Windows 11 because right. my, <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's not an emotional thing. It's like, will it break things like my VR setup? Right. You know, uh, Flight Simulator is going to support DirectX 12. Well, my understanding is that Windows 10 supports DirectX 12. I don't need to jump to 11 to do that. Yeah. So, I, 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 I lack a compelling reason to even get all worked up about going to Windows 11. When's 10 go into life?
0: I don't even know. Like I said, I didn't even know that, that Windows 11 was rolling out. <laughs> I feel really bad about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, yeah. Windows 11. I just... I have
1: one Windows machine in my house, my gaming rig. Everything else is either running Mac or Linux.
0: Yeah, I mean, I want to say, well, we have more than one Windows machine, but that's mainly because the kids have school machines that are running Windows. My wife has a MacBook, my daughter has a MacBook, and
1: everything else is either a Linux machine or a Linux appliance.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I would be doing this show on a MacBook if uh, I didn't go cheap when I... Was buying a laptop, um, yeah. but to be, I, I don't know. Like, could I have done? I guess Steam VR works on Mac. It has to, so I could have it been doing that to. on a Mac. I guess it doesn't have to. I assume that it does. It
1: doesn't have to, and the games don't necessarily have to work on a Mac. Right,
0: right. So I mean, it's we're we're still unfortunately in a you're world actually, where if you're going to run a Windows, or if you're going to run a gaming machine, it's probably Windows.
1: You'd actually be better going to Fedora to run your to run your games than going to a Mac. Yeah. And then the question becomes, well, how is talk to Fakundu, You know, one of our one of our fellow Tams. He he games pretty much 100 percent on Linux. Yeah. The only question is the VR, and right. right. I I just deal with Windows for the VR.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: It's not it's not worth. the the philosophic it's not worth winning the philosophical battle to not be able to play VR
0: as yeah I mean I I kind of decided when I bought this laptop that the ease of finding editing tools was more important than ideological reasons for not running a closed operating system right so like I need flat out I've said this many times the reason I run a Windows machine is because I needed Adobe Creative Suite, Creative Creative Suite. and that's either Mac or Windows. and running it on Mac was a lot more expensive because buying a MacBook of, this, of, a, of similar specs was 500 to thousand dollars more expensive, and I didn't want to spend the money. <laughs> so here I am on a Windows machine. And it's treated me well enough. I've had the same Windows machine, the same install right for like a year and a half since I bought this machine. And it stutters a little bit in some of the VR games, but for the most case, it works really well. So anyway, Windows 11. If you're excited about Windows 11, it's rolling out to more machines now, and you might want to know that. All right, our next article is actually from NPR. We don't cover a lot of NPR articles. I just realized that. Or I realized that when I was putting it in here on this show. But apparently Facebook is rebranding. And I don't mean Facebook, like the social media network.
1: No, it's the company.
0: It's the company. They're,
1: they're trying. They're trying to build the. Yeah. They're trying to build. Um, what's the uh, What's the virtual world from uh, from Ready Player One? They're trying to build the, the Oasis? Oasis.
0: Okay. Yeah, I didn't read that deeply into. The, I I basically saw that that during the Oculus announcement today. I guess it was today or yesterday or something. Uh, Zuckerberg, the Zuck was talking about uh, how they're rebranding to Meta. Meta is such a weird word to name your company. And I, I kind of compare this to like 10 years ago or whatever when Google rebranded to Alphabet. Google's parent company is no longer Google. It is now Alphabet because, you know, that's not confusing at all. But the same concept, right? So there's a company Facebook and then there's an app Facebook. The company Facebook is now called Meta or will be called Meta. Yeah, The app Facebook is still Facebook. The Face, as you might want to call it. Yeah, I...
1: This this is interesting. I... Oof. People, I
0: people immediately accuse them of changing their name to try to avoid lawsuits over the whistleblower stuff that's going on. Which well, I don't know if that's really even a thing that can happen.
1: I think it I think it points to I think it points to a basically Facebook the application as much as it's used by lots of people they they have lost like Facebook is that annoying thing your mom and your grandparents are on now right and and Zuckerberg I think wants something bigger than an aging social media platform. Yeah, right. And that's the part that that's the part that doesn't really thrill me. The um the idea that if you have an Oculus, you need a Facebook account. Yeah. Okay. So so if I. I. I don't want to. This this is weird, and I'm having a hard time. Putting into words what what my real concern is, but I think you know where I'm going. I don't trust Facebook.
0: No, I don't either. I don't. Tr-
1: I don't really trust Google. No. I want to trust Apple, but between the three of them, if I'm going to if I'm going to immerse myself in one of those technologies, the last one is going to be Facebook. I'm actually looking for a way out. I, I still am on Facebook every friggin' day, and I'm not proud of that because of the relationships I have with coworkers and family. Right. right. And I wish there was some other way to maintain that contact as easily. You know what I was thinking today? I was th- I almost want Facebook to start charging a subscription so that I can tell them to go pound sand, I'm out. Because I would, I would tell them to fuck off at that point.
0: So uh, two points based on your, your conversation here. First of all, uh, you made reference to the Oasis from Ready Player One. And that's a, that's a really good comparison to what uh, this could turn into, right? So for, for folks who have not read Ready Player One, first of all, I recommend it. It's a great book. Uh, you could go watch the movie if you want to, but it's an entirely different story. So, um, I would recommend the book because the book was awesome. The movie wasn't bad either. We've argued about this on the show, not you and I, but me and Jason because we're both fans of the book, and he's a fan of the movie, and I'm not. but that's, not, that's beside the point. Um, where was I going? All right, the Oasis was a virtual world in the book where humanity essentially escapes to now, right? Life is no longer really lived in meat space. It's lived in this virtual world called the Oasis. And the Oasis was designed by a company that tried to remain true to its virtues. You know, that the Oasis was meant to be a place for humanity to be humanity, right? And uh, there was a company trying to basically get rights to the I-O-I. Oasis and own it. Right, Iowa. I didn't want to go too deeply into the story because especially if people want to read it. But, um, and they wanted to turn it into a marketing opportunity, a way to earn money, a way to charge you know, people access to it and, and whatnot, right? Uh, turn, turn it into a, a profit center instead of this place that people can go to experience life. We right? can
1: cover the HUD with up to 85% of advertisements without preventing the user from still having an experience. Yeah, that's
0: actually a line from the book. Yes. Uh, but anyway, what we're seeing here could be the opposite, right? Right. Uh, and, and this has been in the back of my brain since the moment Facebook bought out Oculus, right? Oculus was, you could argue, a pioneer in the VR space, right? They started making the thing that we now ubiquitously call VR headsets, and they made them in a way that was attainable to the average person. Right? Maybe not every average person. It's still definitely a cost sink to get into VR, there are cheaper ways to get into VR, but like the headsets that Mark and I both use, they'll cost you a couple hundred bucks, up to a thousand, maybe a little over a thousand to get a full setup. Uh, but anyway, yeah. my point is that when Facebook bought Oculus, my first thought was they're trying to make Facebook, but in VR, right? And if that's what they're trying to do here with this rebrand and if that's their new vision, that kind of scares me, right? And there was another point that I was going to make regarding Oh Facebook and you, you said about charging uh, Facebook charging giving to give you an excuse to get away right might actually backfire because yeah. if Facebook starts charging users it, that, that would mean a fundamental shift in the model, right and first right. of all, a lot of the trash that you find on Facebook may not be there anymore because all of a sudden there's there's a bar to entry um, but it could also shift how they make money which would mean that Facebook might not be the garbage fire that it is because instead of selling your private data they're selling service which is yeah so ironically that access. might actually that right. might make it more tolerant. that might make it a better place yeah it's, that's that's wow. that's my point so so or maybe they would just charge you and still sell your private data and it would still be just as much of a dumpster fire i don't know <laughs> i don't know anyway I, sorry if you had another thought go ahead i don't i have i i don't know but i mean i i agree with you i i interact less and less with facebook to the point where um and i agree with you on the the google front right like i've been i've been a long time android user and a couple years ago i switched to apple i switched to an iphone then i switched back because to be honest i didn't find the platform to be much better but some of the privacy issues that I have with Google have just been really nagging on me. So recently we upgraded my wife's phone to a new iPhone 13 and I took her iPhone eleven. So now I'm back on iPhone again because I, I like their stance on privacy better. But you're right. They're still a big tech company that could still be taking my data and selling it as profit, right? But Apple's business model is a little different and they seem to value our privacy a little better. So I kinda I'm with you on that one, right? I I I don't want to say I trust Apple more, but I feel better about Apple when it comes to these devices. Maybe Apple should start a social network. Hmm. Anyway, I think we've talked about the face enough, or Meta. That's such a weird name, Meta. Does he talk about why he's calling it Meta? Because it's the Metaverse. It's the Metaverse. Because he's an egotistical fucking maniac who basically (laughs) is a human-shaped robot. You're right right All right, so our last article is from the New York Times and to be honest, I forget what it is. Uh oh, internet age. It's about oh, this one. Man-
1: mandatory age uh verification.
0: Yeah, so I didn't get a chance to dig deeply into this although I'm really curious about how this is this is being implemented, but basically um it starts out with this story about this guy who wants to go watch a video on YouTube and he's asked to prove his identity and it sounds like this, like literal, This really happened. This isn't. This isn't a story they made up to drive a point home. This is. This guy went to YouTube to watch a video called "Space Is the Place," and was asked for identity information to prove that he was above, I guess, eighteen or whatever, to prove his to prove his age.
1: Yeah, this is not. This is not the case in the United States, but this guy, right, in, in Great Britain, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he and right. It's not just like when Steam warns you, this game, you know, enter your birthday and you can right. enter anything you want. No, you no, need this to is... actually upload legitimate ID to yeah.
0: prove who you are. And it says he I... had, to, he says he had to give a credit card or a or, photo ID or or skip the video. Right. So, okay. And it also says that he decided to skip it because it wasn't worth the hassle. It wasn't worth the hassle, right. <laughs> Which is exactly where this is gonna go. Right. So I don't I'm trying to
1: figure out if I have a problem with this.
0: Oh, I have because, a problem with this. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. So we
1: though. might we might be point counterpoint here. Yeah. Um so Andy points out a great thing. So I have to upload my photo ID to spammers. Right. It, it, if, if it's a matter of trusting the, 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 the provider of the content as to whether they're going to do nasty things with your ID, that that is problematic. So maybe this is an opportunity for some central API type thing where you prove you, you, you get a token from, oh, I don't know if this is a great idea or not, Like a, like a government site. And that token is used. You submit your token. And and that proves that you are who you say you are. Right. Uh good luck with that. Now, when I go to Giant and I and I'm gonna buy booze, because of my youthful appearance, I have to show <laughs> ID. No, actually it's Giant's policy. They card everybody. Yeah, no, I know. So <laughs> you can trust the government. Yeah, that's funny. Um, so so we've already kind of set the expectation that certain activities in this country, you need to prove your age. Like, let's go back to the movies, right? Um, when I went to see The Wall, I don't remember if The Wall was rated R. But if it was, I probably, the, the, the movie theater probably didn't do their due diligence because I don't remember being asking them for me to prove my age. Right. Right. But like, you know, visit the strip club, visit. Uh, I would never. Yeah. When you visit the strip <laughs> club, which you can admit it <laughs> during the break, I'll bet you needed to show an ID to get into there. Right. That demonstrated your age. So casinos, we check we check ages. So. There's already a social expectation that some activities we as a society have agreed we we age check these activities because we don't want minors to have easy access. Yeah, the fake idea is a rich as a as a thing that's obviously, you know, a time a time-worn teenage rite of passage getting your cousin who has that weird tattoo and who spent some time in a reform school, you know, him getting you that fake ID so you can buy beer. You know, that, that, that's obviously a trope, right? But for the most part, we've agreed we don't want kids to have access to certain content. So to extend that to our digital worlds makes a certain amount of sense. I will now hand the mic to you to tell me why I'm totally wrong in not being bent out of shape about
0: this. I don't disagree with the age barrier for content. Right? So you're right. When you buy alcohol, you got to prove that you're above a certain age. And that's that's not just government getting there getting in the way of us having fun as people, right? There are it's part of the social contract we've agreed upon. Well, it's not just that, right? There are reasons that smoking, for example, right? Smoking is bad for you. And as a minor, if you start smoking, it could be even worse for you because your body's still developing and whatever. So like generally people have agreed that once you're 18, your body's done developing. Smoking isn't quite the, the, the terrible thing it is for your health, although it is still bad for you. But you're over 18, you can make that choice for yourself. Uh, you can go buy cigarettes. Same thing with alcohol. I don't know why 21 is the alcohol level versus 18 for cigarettes or at least in this state. I don't know if that's worldwide or I guess it's not worldwide, but whatever. My point is that there are these age barriers set for different things. Buying, renting a pornography movie is 18 plus, right? Buying cigarettes is 18 plus buying alcohol is 21 plus, right? There's reasons for these things. Now the, you could argue the pornography thing is like, like that's a whole other topic, right? Seeing naked people is why is that eighteen only? But whatever.
1: We, can we just say that we it's that a social the major- thing, the social contract yeah. we have agreed that this is these these are rules we have decided as a society right. that make that we feel we the royal we feel protect the youth, right, and make and make people reasonably so comfortable. For and a, of course, some people disagree. But right. when you live in a democracy or, or a republic, you know. Up, this is this is how we set things up.
0: Up until this point, the internet has been a very difficult place to prove those things. Right? So a porn site mm-hmm. which is a perfect example because a lot of people, especially when they're young, they get on the internet. They want to look up naked women for whatever reason. That's the way it is, right? Um, it's really hard for those sites, without, especially ones that don't oh, require payment, hard. to prove your age because there's this certain level of of anonymity that comes... Anon, it's a hard word to say. Adaminity. Anonymity. And, uh, yeah, that. Uh, that comes yeah. along with being on the internet, right? If if I browse to a website from my house, from my Wi-Fi, through my cable modem, or my kids browse to a website from my house, from my Wi-Fi, through my cable modem, to the website, we look like the same person, right? Because there's no way that they can tell. And that's both a good and a bad thing. The I, I think that the bad thing is exactly what we're talking about here. There's certain content that I, as a parent, do not want my kids to have access to. And the only way currently for us to limit that is for me as an IT person to put things in place that limit that sort of content, for me as a parent to monitor what they're doing, um, and for the website to say, are you 18? Are you over 13, right? Are you the beer baron? Yeah, right. So like, like... if if I Are walked, you the beer baron? If if, if an eight year old walked into a bar and asked for a beer and the bartender said, Are you over twenty one? and the eight year old said yes, the bartender would go to jail. Because the kid is obviously not old enough to buy alcohol. Maybe but, it's a midget. But if yeah, right, maybe he's a midget. But if you go to an adult website and it says, Are you over eighteen? and you say yes, there's You're really in. no other repercussion, right? Unfortunately, the only way to prove that is to ask for some identifying information. Now, if that's a contract between you and the site you're going to, that's one thing, right? This particular, and this is where I start to have a problem with it. This particular Mm -hmm. article makes it sound as though another entity has gotten in the middle, right? This, and maybe I'm misreading it, but it sounds like this person's government has put some kind of an age verification wall in between him and his content. Well, I think what's happening is the government is
1: making the policy and the website is having to comply with government regulations.
0: Is that what's happening? I mean, we don't know, I don't think, because this article doesn't really go into the how-tos, right, or the, the guts of how it's being implemented. But the way I read it, it sounded like YouTube didn't ask him for his age. Some other thing in the middle did.
1: How the hell would that even work?
0: Right. That that,
1: that doesn't seem possible.
0: So that's the thing that concerns me. If that's what's going on, then that really concerns me because that means that there's somebody in the middle of my communications with the website that I'm going to. All right. So it's no, that's not what's happening. It's not what's happening?
1: No, there's a paragraph. Had I know that we don't always get to read the news articles. So, yeah, right. An update, an update to the European Union's rules for video and audio services requires sites to protect minors, which may include checking users' ages. In response to the change, Google said last year that it would ask some users of YouTube, which it owns, for their identification documents or credit cards. Okay, card so this is coming from Google. So yeah, it's 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 code. It's code on YouTube.
0: Okay, I feel a little better about it. Now, but, the, it, but they're but they're doing that to comply with government regulation. Right. And that's a thing that we can't blame Google for. Right. I mean, that's that's a government agency thing. Right. They have to do that to do business. That is correct. Right. So
1: um, it's still. But you're still allowed to be uncomfortable with it.
0: Right. So it's I'm still uncomfortable with it. And I think it's, uh, but it's not, being... the great,
1: it's not the great firewall of China. Right.
0: If I'm being honest, I think that part of my reason for being uncomfortable with it is because I remember how it was. Mm -hmm. Or I should say I know how it is, right? Because it still is in this country anyway. Uh, But I remember being that curious kid that was able to get access to information, whether I should or shouldn't have have had access to that information. And... um, I I feel like some of the curiosity and the wonder that is the internet dies. You know what I mean. So, like maybe I'll... maybe I shouldn't have been a thirteen year old looking up how to make bombs on the internet. But you know what? That was a curiosity thing. I learned how to do it. I you never still... actually did it. I never blew up a building or killed myself doing it. But there are kids that do, right? And you, st- <laughs> you, by the way, you'll still be able to do that. It's just a question of will it be on youtube well here's the thing right when i was able to do it now obviously this was 25 years ago or so when it when it was like i downloaded a text document from a bbs and i read it right yeah there was no identifying information that went along with that right there was no way well i shouldn't say no way it was very difficult for like a government body to go like nate downloaded a you know downloaded the anarchist cookbook right if I had to upload my ID to do that to prove that I was over 18, now there's a record somewhere that says this guy with this ID with this face downloaded the Anarchist Cookbook. So I, I what I'm saying, Nate, is that even
1: if mainstream sources of this content are forced to comply, right. there will be there will be plenty right. of mid-range to small. Places where you'll still be able to get right. all
0: the free anarchist cookbooks. Anybody hosting and, the, and all the <laughs> anybody hosting well, the anarchist cookbook is not going to ask you for your ID, is what you're saying. And and, and all the <laughs> and all the boobies you want to see. Right, right. And
1: I remember, you know, when I was when I was the kid, you got you, you saw boobies by either finding the magazines in the woods, <laughs> or um, by staring at the scrambled pay channel. <laughs> Hoping as hope. Oh, is that a nipple?
0: It's, it's so funny, right? Because um, there are. I, I don't want to go on too far, but because we're already over an hour on this half of the show when the main content was not even an hour long. But we actually but, finished. But this uh, was the last. Yeah, we finished article. the article. So just a quick anecdote. Um, there was. I was reading a thing not long ago about the generation breaks, you know, how they define generations, right? And how sure. 1980. Is the cutoff between, what is it, uh, Gen X and millennial, right? Well, I was born very beginning of 1980, so technically I'm a, millenni- a millennial, right? And I don't like the connotation that goes along with that, right? So I'm like, ah, right, you know, whatever, but whatever, right? It doesn't really define me as who I am, whatever. Well, I was reading another thing that said there is a very small, they call them uh, micro generations, I think is the word they use to describe it. Where they only span a couple of years, they're not like decades long like most generations are, and they're calling. I feel calling,
1: like I'm one of those because I just missed being a boomer.
0: Right. So they're calling this little gap, this this subset of people, which is not even ten years long, from the late '70s to the early '80s, called they call them zennials because they're like this weird go between between Gen X and the millennials. Right. They define millennials as kids who grew up with technology in their hands, right? And they define Gen X as sort of before the technology era. Well, this little gap of of people are, like, they can remember growing up without a computer in their house. Now, I had a computer in my house, but it wasn't commonplace, right? They can remember not having easy access to cell phones and tablets and the internet and whatever, right? But they weren't, like, complete Luddites, or they weren't, like, completely resistant to technology. They basically eased, they transitioned their way from a technology-less, quote-unquote, world into this world of internet connectivity. And because of that, we're, like, we have memories of things like finding pornos in the woods, not just on Playboy.com, right? So there's, like, this weird little
1: bridge. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm that, because I was born in 66. Right, right. And we didn't have we, we didn't have a home computer until I was in high school. My freshman year, my dad bought us our Apple II, but his best friend had bought one when I was in seventh grade and I'd be over at his house. That's the Apple Two that's in my office. Um and then, you know, we had the Atari twenty six hundred and we had the Caligo Tank game that only played tanks, you know. <laughs> but yeah, there was a there was a period of time where yeah, the the, the, the fanciest tech in my house were a couple of televisions, not all of them were color. Right. Right. So, and we didn't always have cable. Anyway,
0: all that to say, like some of the... We were just talking about this during the break. Had You said that sometimes you forget how, quote-unquote, young I am because I have memories of things that make me feel older. Well, yeah. I think that's why. Like, that's the reason why. There was a time when, you know, I was the son of a telco guy who... Like, tinkered around with son wire and soldering irons man. in his basement, right? He's the
1: son of a preacher, man!
0: Which, which turned into an IT guy who still does some of that stuff, still remembers the days before we had broadband connections to everybody's house. Anyway, I, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but that's kind of the point I'm trying to make, right? Did, did I tell you I had to so-
1: I had to solder to fix my 3D printer? You didn't. One of the little wi- one of the wires that controls the bed sensor, the little leg that kicks down, for whatever reason, the wire just broke, and I ended up I ended up soldering it together, and it's wrapped with some black electrical tape now to some of the other wires, so to kind of take some stress off of it. But I was actually very proud
0: of myself. Yeah, good job. Yeah. There's, there's a couple connections on the... I had to
1: order solder from Amazon because they didn't have any in the house. <laughs> I had a solder in iron, but no solder.
0: There's a couple stress points on the Ender 5 that I've got that are the same way, where if you leave them unattended, over time, they'll just stress their way into uh, falling off of the, the, the contact.
1: I was, was kind of impressed with myself. Yeah. I'm not going to lie.
0: The, the heated bed is like that. And because of that, there's a, there's a model on Thingiverse. Somebody made a stress relief for the cable to the heated bed. You just print it out and clip it on there, and no more problem. Maybe you should look into that for your printer. See if there's stress reliefs for different things.
1: It seems fine now.
0: Till the next one fails. All right, yeah. so anyway, I think we're about done for tonight. Um, we should probably close the show up. I have kids to get to bed. <laughs> Apparently one of them is giving my wife a hard time. So we definitely need to end the show. <laughs> so I can drag the kids to bed. <laughs> Oh, it's the show. The Hopper! One. The hopper. Hopper! Right. So, folks, uh, thanks for tuning in tonight if you watched live. If you're listening to the recorded episode, we love you, too. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to watch us live, you can find us on the Twitches and the, and the YouTubes and even the Facebooks if you really want to. But not the MySpaces. Not the MySpaces. Um, not the live journals. Yeah, I wonder if we can stream live to, like, like, Twitter. We should do that, too. Stream live don't everywhere. Add, don't, all right.
1: Don't, don't add more complexities. Please. All the
0: complexity. We need the complexity. Ah. Anyway. Uh, right. So if you want to do that, just look in the show notes. There's links to all those places. I'm tired of reading them to you guys. Um, if you want to support the show, you can do so on Patreon or by buying shirts. There's also links for those in, in the notes. If you want to join our Discord, Discord community, you can find that in the show notes or on ironsism.com. There's links for all of this crap on ironsismin.com. Let's be honest. I'm an IT guy. I put links for everything everywhere just because I want you to be able to find it. All the links, all the places. And I think that's probably everything. Did I miss something, Mark? I rambled through all that really quick. I should... You know what I should do? I should make like an outro thing that plays all that so I can hit the button and just walk away and not have to ramble it all off. But anyway, folks, I hope you have enjoyed the show. Mark, you have any last... uh, comments for tonight
1: uh happy halloween collect lots of candy and get fatter right Let's, you know do some trick-or-treating it's you know. that
0: it's that time of year
1: um i forget whether we have a show the week i'm in disney we might i, really I don't, don't remember know.
0: we'll yeah. have to sync up on that and figure but it out we'll,
1: we'll, well yeah no
0: well you're, you're totally in gonna report from disney right no God, not at all man. not at all can't get this guy to commit to anything while he's on vacation. I don't get it. No, that's It's like you it. were never a sysadmin.